Please open up your Bibles to the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter 5, and we'll be picking back up where we left off last week, and we will complete chapter 5 today. We'll cover verses 22 through 26. But I'd like to take us back to uh, verses, verse 13, and let's read 13 through 26. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. I say then... Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, but God... But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited provoking one another, and envying one another. Here in our passages today, now Paul brought us, as from last week into this week, brought us through a list of the works of the flesh. It's a partial list. It was not an all-consuming list. And last week, go back and listen to the teachings, and you would see that I gave you other references of other works of the flesh that is noted in the scriptures. But a partial list here that we are not to do as a Christian and as a child of God, we are not to do these things. It's a battle that we find ourselves in. A battle between the flesh and the spirit. And as we saw and we've discussed, it's important to allow the spirit to dominate our flesh and to win in our life. Because the works of the flesh, as we see in our scriptures here, as a recap, will ultimately cause division and biting and devouring one another. And that should never happen because no one wins. It, it just, it's never good. So Paul says, if these works you are choosing to do, you desire these works of the flesh to do, you practice, you look forward to practicing, you are habitual... These such things that is talking about the work of the flesh, don't be fooled. 
you will not inherit the kingdom of God here that the Holy Spirit tells Paul as he writes this letter to the believers in the Galatia area, the churches there, and that there's don't be fooled by these things. Don't think you can live in the flesh and have the desires and the passions of the flesh and still and practice these things and desire these things and think you can still call yourself a Christian. It is not it, that doesn't go together. They're not comparable. They're contrary to one another, the scripture says. You may have religion, but you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You might know the rituals, and you might do the things like you have a relationship with Christ, but you do not have a personal relationship with God. You may know of God, but you do not believe God. There's a difference of know of God versus know God. And we are asked and we need to have the desire to know God, to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, if you introduce yourself and tell me what you don't do versus what you do, that doesn't tell me anything about who you are. You just say, oh, I don't murder. Oh, that's good. I'm glad you don't murder, but that doesn't tell me who you are. You, you, you never have done adultery or fornication or lewdness or all these other things that the works of the flesh is noted here in, this, in the passage in chapter 5. But that doesn't tell me who you are. I want to know your character. I want to know who your nature is. What you do. Jesus, I want to know Jesus and I want to know what he does. What he did for me. What he's doing now. And what he's doing in the future for us as believers. That's to, to know his character, to know his, his nature of how he's going to respond, how he's going to think, how, what he's going to do, that tells me who he is, not what he doesn't do. But Paul now gives us the, us the supernatural characteristics of God that he will be produced in our life. And, and as we walk in the Spirit, the evidence of a spirit-filled life will be evident. It will not be a, sh a surprise or a sh you know, to anyone because they'll be watching your life and you can tell you're a spirit-filled life because there'll be the fruit of the spirit or the graces of the spirit will be apparent in your day-to-day -day life. Just like the works of the flesh, they're evident. You may not tell anybody you're doing these works of the flesh, but everyone can see in your life that you're doing these works of the flesh. It comes out in the words and the actions and your looks and all kinds of things. It, it, it brings its evident. It's not, you might think you'd be doing things in, in um, uh, secret, but God, nothing you do is in secret to God. And those things that you want to hide it will come out, it will be evident, it will come out through the works of the flesh. But as Paul says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy, it's peace, it's long-suffering, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's faithfulness, it's gentleness, it's self-control. Against such there is no law. So that it's evident when you're a Spirit-filled life, you're walking in the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, the graces of, that spirit, of the Spirit will be very evident to the people around you. They'll be affected in a very positive and, and encouraging but life-changing 
when they spend time with you. Because the works of the flesh seems overwhelming. If you ponder on the works of the flesh, you ponder on your past and the past works of the flesh, or even ponder on the th possible coordinating the works of the flesh in the future, it becomes overwhelming both in us and around us. It dominates. It, 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 the works of flesh and the things of the flesh will just dominate and overwhelm us, and we come spiraling emotionally out of control inside. Or if we put our eyes on outside of us and we listen to the news and we watch the, you know, the things around us, the world and what Satan and the, and the temptation and the testing, and you can't even go to the mall. You can't get on the internet. You can't, you can't even go down the streets now and not be affected and be overwhelmed at times of the works of the flesh around us. In verse 16 of chapter 5, there is no need for a believer to display the works of the flesh. Rather, by the Spirit's power, he can manifest the nine graces that are now listed. And that's what we want. We want to see the Holy Spirit do a work in us where the works of the flesh just dissipate. They just disappear. They, they're no longer who we are. It's not our character. It's not our nature. It's dead. It's gone. But the power of the Holy Spirit is manifested. It develops. It comes to, uh, to light. These, these facets of love that, or the nine graces of that, of the fruit of the Spirit, is now it becomes a listing or it becomes demonstrated in our lives. In verse 18, the solution is not to pit our will against the flesh, bedding the, you know, between the flesh and the Spirit and having these butting of heads, but to surrender our will to Him. To surrender our will to the Holy Spirit, God himself. Let him do the work. Let him battle against the flesh. Let him put the flesh down and, and put it in its position. And, and, and This verse really, really kind of means, but if you're willingly led by the Spirit, then you are not under the law. Are you willing? Are you willing to let the Spirit lead you? The Holy Spirit writes God's law on our hearts and in our minds in Hebrews 10, 14 through 17, 2 Corinthians 3, so that we desire to obey him in love. We want to obey God because we love God. In Psalm 40, verse 8, he says, I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is within my heart. And just so be very clear here that being led of the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit, it is in complete opposite, contrary contradiction to the desires of the works of the flesh. You cannot be in the works of the flesh and say you're led by the Spirit. It's not, that's not capable. It can't happen. So do not be fooled that says I can continue to live in the works of my flesh and practice these things and still think you're being led by the Spirit or walking in the Spirit and that you're saved. Paul says, by the power of the Holy Spirit says, as he writes this, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And even as a true believer, and you are, and you're fighting against this, if you get fall prone to the works of the flesh, just know that if you're falling back in, into the works of the flesh, you're not being led by the Spirit. You're not walking in the Spirit, and you must come out. you got to ask God to help you out of that. It's important to observe that the fruit here described is not produced by a believer. 
but by the Holy Spirit. He's working in and through a Christian who is in an utmost union with Christ, John 15, 1 through 8. We read it today in our opening readings. The New Testament speaks of several different kinds of fruit we see in the Scripture. There's that fruit of people being one to Christ. It's a fruit we see in Romans 1.13. We're choosing to live a holy living, a holy life, and, and, and pleasing God in the way we do it. And, and that is fruit. And we see that in Romans 6.22. Our gifts brought to God, our gifts, offerings, and tithes, the things that are gifts we freely give out of love for God, brought to God, is a fruit. And we see that in Romans 15, verses 26 through 28. The good works that God leads us to do for him and for his kingdom, that's fruit. We see that in Colossians 1.10. And our praise, our worship, we lifting our voices to him and to praise him and thank him and, and worship him for who he is. Again, that is a kind of fruit we see in Hebrews 13, verse 15. But the fruit of the Spirit listed in our passage today has to do with character, Christian character. It is important that we distinguish the gift of the Spirit, which is salvation, we see in Acts 2.38 and 11.17. The gift of the Spirit is the free gift of God, the, the, the gift of salvation He gives to someone who opens their heart to Him. But then you have the gifts of the Spirit, which is plural, the gifts of the Spirit, which have to do with Christian service, which are distributed to all individuals who give their life, who receive the gift of the Spirit. Then they are given the gifts of the Spirit by the will of the Spirit to do Christian service. And that is, that is, that's laid out and given to you and I as a as a, as, as, as a believer, as a child of God, we're given gifts of the Spirit to do how and what we want to do uh, that God directs us to do in, in, uh, for Him. And that's we see that in 1 Corinthians 12. But then there's the, the graces of the Spirit, which we see today, the fruit of the Spirit, which related to Christian character. This is something for every Christian. Everyone will receive through the power of the Holy Spirit doing a work that God started a work in you when you got saved and be reborn again, regenerated. He starts a new work. It's called you've been justified by the gift of the Spirit, which is salvation. He gives you the gifts of the Spirit to go out and do the things that God wants you to do as Christian service for his kingdom. But, and that varies from what, as an individual, what you receive. But the graces of the Spirit are Christian character that God is sanctifying you and to change and mold you. He's sanctifying you to bring about Christian character, a godliness, a, a, a Christ-likeness in your life. Everyone that God is, is you're saved receive the gift of, of, of salvation, you are going, God is going to work in your life to, to bear the fruit that we see here today. Everyone's going to have love. Everyone's going to ultimately have the joy and the peace, the long-suffering, the kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These things will come. Regardless of how you feel, regardless of what people think of you, 
God is in the works to change you and to mold you, and the fruit of the Spirit will be, de- de- will be produced in your life. It's Him who's doing the work. You can't produce love in your life. You can't produce joy in your life. You cannot produce long-suffering or kindness or goodness or faith as gentle self-control. You've tried it. God, I need self-control over this. I don't want to go to the internet. I don't want that drug. I don't want the alcohol. I want self-control. I don't want to think this way. I don't want to feel that. I don't want to lust this way. I don't want these desires. But God, emotionally, I'm out of, a, out of control here. But God knows these things. And God says, I'm working in you the characteristics. Let the Holy Spirit do his work in you. And God is faithful to complete that work. And obviously, we won't experience that full, complete work until we're in the presence of God in heaven. The challenge is that, unfortunately, there's an overemphasis on the gifts of the Spirit. The um, gifts has led some Christians to neglect the graces of the Spirit. I've got this gift of the Spirit, but they don't really really care and pay much attention that love, there's not love in their life, there's not joy or peace, or they're not being very long-suffering or patient with people, they're not kind, they're not, they're not giving people, they're not faithful people, but they sure have this gift of the Spirit um, that God has given them. And they build Christian character as a second to the gifts of the spirit that God or special abilities God has given them. The characteristics of God wants in our life are seen in this ninefold fruit of the spirit. Paul begins with love because all the other fruit is really an outgrowth or a facet of this love. You can go and compare these qualities with the characteristics of love given to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. Go back today uh, in your time of uh, tea and coffee time, and you're just sitting back and relaxing and pondering on and, and wrestling with what you've been taught in the studying of the word today. But go back and compare that. It's a great comparison. But the fruit here is singular. It indicates these qualities are constitute a unity all of which should be found in a believer whose lives are under the control of the Holy Spirit. It's simply a life that is a life of Christ lived out as a Christian. It's just a daily walk with Christ. And as you walk with Christ daily, this fruit will bear, it will be produced by God in your life, and people will see it. It also points to the method whereby Christ is formed in a believer. You can go back to 2 Corinthians 3.18 and Philippians 1.21. But God is good enough and big enough to change everything with the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit can always conquer the works of the flesh. You want to get rid of the works of the flesh? Then ponder on, seek after, spend time with God. 
Be in his word. Talk to him. Fellowship with believers. Serve God. And then through that process, what will happen is the works of the flesh just dissipate because the fruit of the spirit is what bears in your life. That takes over, which is good and right. Because the fruit of the Spirit, the work of God in your life, is always going to conquer the works of the flesh. Fruit has several important characteristics, does it not? Fruit isn't always, or fruit isn't achieved by working. You can't work for fruit. It's produced. But it is birthed by abiding. The branch must abide in the vine to be able to get the nourishments to produce the fruit at the end of the branch. And we're just branches. Fruit is fragile. Fruit reproduces itself. Fruit can be very attractive. Fruit nourishes it nourishes not us, but it nourishes others around us. Paul used the plural in describing the life after the flesh, the works of the flesh, but he uses a singular uh, connotation here as fruit, not fruits of the Spirit. The Spirit has one work to do in all of us, and that is to produce the fruit or the graces of the Spirit in us. Now, if you notice, Paul here gives us nine characteristics or virtues, but they're kind of grouped up into th uh, triads, three at a time here. The very first uh, three virtues um, are habits within the mind. It's, it's, it's our mindset of, of who God is in our life. It's, it's the source of who we turn to. It comes, it comes from our relationship with the Lord, and it's produced by and from spending time with him as we spend time with him, he produces the fruit of love, joy, and peace. And the more time we spend with him, the more we commit our life to him, the more we recognize he, he is all in all, he gives us life, that the fruit of love, joy, and peace become more apparent in our life. The word love here is agape. It's listed first because it's the foundation of other graces. God is love and loves the world. We know that in 1 John 4, 8 and John 3, 16. And so the self-sacrificing love that sent Christ to die for sinners is the kind of love that believers who are spirit-controlled must demonstrate, that must allow God to do in their lives so that they're not easy. It's so easy to love your brother and sister to the left or to the right when they have something to offer to you, that they've given something, that they're loving and that they're kind and, they're and that they're just walking in the Spirit. It's easy to love people like that. The challenge, the problem is, is when you meet people who don't like you, who, have, who are not lovable. And that's where you need God's love, agape love, unconditional love, to love them. You have to allow God to work through your life to be able to love him or love her. That is not easy to do. But agape describes a different kind of love. It is a love more of a decision than a spontaneous heart. 
It is a matter of the mind and the heart. Because it chooses to love the undeserving. It's not responding emotionally. That can rise up so quickly in our hearts and times. But it's a principle by which we deliberately live. We choose to love. Regardless of how we feel. Regardless of the situation. We choose to love. Unconditionally with that person. That's marriage. That's the love between a husband and wife. Oh, don't get me wrong. There's times where you can sense that emotionally and, and there's this bond and there's this love and, and it's easy to love because she's so beautiful, he's so handsome, and all these things are just going so great. But when the things get difficult and the differences between men and a woman, those, those can cause challenge and frictions and intense discussions. But you come back to that agape love for one another. And the differences do not cause division, but it continues to bring unity. The love of the Spirit. Because it is a fruit of the Spirit. And this is above and beyond the natural affection or the, or the loyalty of blood or family or marriage. This is a loving people who aren't easy to love and loving people you don't like, but God still gives you this agape love to love them anyway. And so when you smolder with anger or whatever emotion within you, because you have been badly treated or you think of returning evil for evil, or just remember the scripture text today, the fruit of the Spirit is love. Now, it's also helpful to understand that the works of the flesh, in light of this love of the Spirit, each one of the works of the flesh that Paul noted here in chapter 5 is in complete opposite or violation or perversion of this agape love that God is working in our lives. I mean, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, and lewdness. These are just counterfeits of love among people. Idolatry and sorcery, these are, just, these are counterfeits of the love to God. Hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, heresies, envies, murders are just counterfeits. They're all opposites of the love that God is talking about here. Drunkenness and revelries. They're just absolutely sad and empty attempts to fill the void only God's love can fill within a person's life. But love brings about a joy, a deep abiding inner rejoicing which was promised to those who abide in Christ, John 15, 11. It doesn't depend on your circumstances. It doesn't depend on the weather. It doesn't depend on the other person. Because it rests. We rest in God's sovereign control of all things in our life, Romans 8, 28. You want that abiding and deep joy? 
then you must rest in those times and remember that God's sovereign control of all things. And we call this the joy of the Spirit. Because it's a higher joy that, that's just that, that, that's higher than just some thrill and excitement or some experience or some wonderful set of circumstances are all lined up. Oh, I'm so there's so much joy. No, no, it is a joy that can abide and remain even when the circumstances seem so terrible and so wicked, so bad, and, and it's coming and coming unglued. You still have a joy because you know God is in control over all circumstances and in control of your life. Paul knew this joy personally, did he not? He could sing when shackled in a dark prison dungeon we see in Acts 16.25 he could sing that's a deep abiding joy that you can't explain and the reason is, is because Paul put Jesus first then others then you joy Jesus others you. But then it brings a peace. It brings a peace, a facet of this love. This, one of the grace, graces of the Spirit is peace. It is a gift of Christ we see in John 14, 27. It's an inner rest and quietness even in the face of adversity or adverse circumstances that are happening in your life. You lost a job, you could still have peace. You have death in a family, you could still have peace. Your house burns down, you're losing your material thing, you can still have peace. We could say that this peace is the peace of the Spirit because it is a higher peace than just what comes when everything is seemed so calm and settled. You're sitting in your house, and the parents obviously can understand this. You're sitting in your house, your kids are jumping up and down, going every which way. And all you ask is, can we just have peace here? i just coming back from work. Can I just have peace? Can you settle the kids down? I just need peace. No, no, God is saying this peace is above that. It's, it, it's a peace within that it defies human understanding, which surpasses all understanding, Philippians 4, 7. That you can have a peace even with kids who are jumping around like they're crazy people. John 14, 27, Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That's the peace that God's talking about. It means not just freedom from trouble. Oh, how we all want to be out of trouble. And stay out of trouble. And get me out of this trouble. But here it means the tranquility of heart. Which comes from this all-consuming consciousness. That our lives are in the hands of God. That my life is is in the loving hands of God. And that will bring you peace beyond your own understanding. 
Do you believe that? Do you believe that? The second triad reaches out and touches others, which is fortified by the 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 have your relationship with God, the vertical right straight the 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 relationship with others becomes comes level it becomes good it comes right it's and it's it's supported it's fortified by that love and joy and peace you have with God it brings a, a long suffering or patience here it's a quality of restraint under pressure that we see in second Corinthians 6 6 Colossians 1 11 Colossians 3 12 it it entertains no thoughts of retaliation even when being wrongfully treated by others. That you just don't retaliate. You don't respond. You, you, you just know, God, I'm going to please you by not responding to this. I'm not going to say what I'm really thinking and feeling right now because if I say and think of it, it's going to cause even more problems and I know it will be a loving, a loving response. So this facet of love of long-suffering or patience is so important in our lives because we have a tendency to allow our tongue to be out of control. We'll talk about self-control, but, but long-suffering here. Patience with others. Ability to take a great deal of punishment from evil people. Or take a great deal of really terrible circumstances without losing one's temperature. With, uh, temperature. <laughs> without one's temper. Or without becoming irritated or angry. Or without taking vengeance on someone. Even though inside you're raging, you want to take their head off. You won't feel and you won't respond. You'll have long-suffering and patience with those people now. Because you realize God will take care of the situation. God loves those people just as much as and more than anybody else. Especially you. But it also, this long-suffering, this patient also... It speaks to the capacity to bear much pain, many trials without complaint. The pain comes, physical, mental. Trials can come in all forms of fashion, but you don't complain because you know God is in control. And, and because of your relationship with God, that love, that joy, the peace that God is filling you, you can long suffer through this. You can you have patience through the situation. And you remember that God is not quickly irritated with us. You see that He's He's patient with us, Romans 2:4, Romans 9:22. And because that's God's character, that He is He's long suffering, He's patient with us, then we too desire to have that same characteristic the same nature so we should not be quickly irritated with others this should not be we should be long-suffering and patient with other people because that's what god wants in your life not only that long-suffering that, that that patience with but but beyond that it's not about just getting let me get through this situation let me get let's let's deal with the situation with him being here with her being here let me get through church let me get through this barbecue let me get through this this event and whatever and i'll i'll just long suffer lord for you through this but god doesn't want that to stop there he wants it to be manifested even more out of your life he wants kindness to bear in your life he wants that fruit of kindness to bear 
So not only will you be patient with the person, but you'll actually be kind. It's a benevolence of an action. Just like God demonstrated toward men. God showed kindness to you as a sinner. Since God is kind towards sinners, we see that in Romans 2.4 and Ephesians 2.7, a Christian should display the same virtue. 2 Corinthians 6.6, 6, Colossians 3.12, we should display that same kindness and allow God to work through our lives and put that kindness in and through us so, so it's like fruit bearing that people can just partake and take from our lives. But not only be long-suffering, not only being kind, but goodness. That we're, there's a goodness, there's, a, there's this thought of both as a, an uprightness of our soul, that you, their soul, the person who they are is just a good soul. But it's also re- moved into action and reaching out to others to do good even when it is not deserved. They don't deserve that. That's, you're absolutely correct. But I, God, I'm, I, Corey, I'm asking you, and I'm working through your life. I need you to show generosity. I want goodness toward that person. I need you to now go and, and, and do good works for that person. I want you to go help that person. Even though they don't deserve it, reach out to them. Show that. That idea of generosity, the goodness that God can work through one's life to touch the lives of others. Remember, we are vessels used by God. We're the hands, we're the arms, we're the mouthpiece, we're the hugs, we're, we're the ones reaching out to the lost and fallen world that are, that are just in darkness, and God uses you and I to go out to show that long-suffering, that patience, to show kindness, to show goodness, because we know kindness leads people to repentance. And God says, I want to work through your lives to show a kindness, a show of goodness in a way that people recognize it's me that's working through your life. To touch theirs. And by them partaking of the fruit that God is working in your life, that would lead them to repentance, lead them to Christ and surrender their life and receive the gift of the Spirit, the gift of salvation. We see the third triad. We see the final three graces guide that's the general conduct of a believer who is led by the Spirit, who has the Spirit of God, is the, he's the internal controls within us. It, it speaks to our character, our conduct as a believer. It's how, how we respond. It's who we are and what we do. Faithfulness. It's a quality which renders a personal trustworthy, a reliable person. Someone, you, people say he's faithful, he's trustworthy, he's reliable. It's just like the, the faithful servant in Luke 16, 10 through 12. It's, it's a servant who's just willing to serve and he's faithful. His yes will be his yes, his no will be his no. It's a character of a man who is so reliable that people can base things on. He's solid, he's firm. It's not emotional, not unpredictable, not unfaithful. 
but a characteristic of God that is now displayed through you because God is faithful. And he wants his children to be faithful. The ability to serve God faithfully through the years. Not just one moment, moment here. Sure, people will be faithful to small things, little things here and there, because it, it, it fits their story. It fits their, what they're willing to do, and it's easy, and it's not really going to cost them anything. It doesn't, doesn't stretch them. They, they don't put it, they don't have to, you don't have to even rely on doing some of these things. Of course I can be faithfully to do that. It doesn't take anything, no big deal. That's not the faithfulness that God is testing in our lives and producing. It's when you, you're faithful through the years. Not just days, not just hours, not just minutes. It's faithful through the temptations of life. Not just when you're not being tempted, but even faithful through the temptations of life. It's not something we achieve by some heroic works or efforts that people can strum up. I'm going to be heroic and I'm going to go help that little old lady across the street. People can do that. That doesn't take anything. It doesn't take anybody. It's just, an, it's just it's a simple work. It's when you're stretched and it takes you efforts and it's going to cost you something in some form or fashion. Money, time, energy, risk. That is what God's calling you to do. And it only can come by the Holy Spirit. It can only be, be done by the work of the Holy Spirit in you. Matthew 25, 23 says, his, his Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Oh. <laughs> oh, I don't know about you, my brother and sister, but I can't wait to hear God say, Well done, good and faithful servant. I want to hear that. I want that to be a character, my nature, that God has worked in, the fruit of the Spirit that comes from my life. Is that people see it in my life and says He's faithful. And when I get in front of God, God is going to say, you've been faithful in the small things, and now I've got bigger things for you now to do for me in the kingdom. Come, enter in the joy of the Lord. But not only you're faithful, but the question is, are you allowing God to bring the fruit of gentleness, the facet of love of gentleness in your life? It marks a person. It, it's evident in a person when they see a gentle person. It's, it marks a person who is submissive to God's word, James 1.21. And who is considerate of others, even when discipline is needed. You're, 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 you're gentle in speaking truth in love. Gentleness. They need to hear the truth. You're going to do it in, out of a loving heart, an unconditional heart. There's no, 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 there's no secret agenda here. You're just, you love that person so much, you, just, they, you need to tell them. But you're going to do it in there with a gentleness that they can partake from what you give to them, like that fruit, and they'll be able to take it and be nourished by it and be changed by it because it was done by the power of the Holy Spirit through you. The word has the idea of being teachable. Not having a superior attitude. Not depending and demanding our one's rights. 
I want what I want. I get to do what I want. This is what it is. I, I know God wants me to do this, and I am going to do it. But they're not submissive. They're not teachable. They're not gentle of these things. But it's also, it's not tim tim timidity, timidity or passiveness. It's not weakness. Your Bible might not say gentleness. It might use the word meekness. And meekness is not weakness. Jesus said, I am meek and lowly in heart. Moses was very meek. We see that in Numbers 12, 3. But yet no one could accuse either of them of being weak. This meekness, this humility, or this gentleness is a quiet strength. It's like, a, it's like a horse. It's a, a thoroughbred. It's just a massive power, in a, like a Clydesdale. It's a massive. It's powerful. But it doesn't have to display it. It doesn't have to tell you. You just look at it, and it's just this gentleness of quiet strength, this humility, this, this, this meekness that just, you know there's power in your presence. And how, how we want the Holy Spirit working in our lives, and it bears a fruit of gentleness. This, this power that people see that they can, just looking at you as a man, as a woman, and say, that is a gentle, powerful, stable person. It also leads to self-control. This noun is used in the New Testament only here and in Acts 24-25 and 2 Peter 1-6. And it denotes a self-mastery and, and no doubt primarily relates to curbing the fleshly impulses against what was described earlier in chapter 5. And self-control is impossible to attain apart from the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, when you receive the gift of the Spirit, He comes in and He seals you for eternity. The Spirit of Christ dwells with you now all the way into eternity. But while, he's on, while we're on this earth and, the, and Christ lives within us, He is there prodding, the Holy Spirit is prodding and speaking to us to move us in the direction that He wants us to live according to His will. According to His purpose. According to His way. Not our ways, his ways. He lives within us and he wants to dwell within us and you move and move us. But he doesn't take over us and possess us in a way that you can't do anything and you become a robot. But he freely gives you free will. But he prompts us and speaks to us and directs us to do what he's asking you to do. And we are to just be respond with obedience, immediate obedience. Because if we don't, then we're grieving the Holy Spirit. And we don't want to do that because we want to please God. And so when God taps us on the shoulders, and he, he, and he gives you a little nudge, and he gives you, 
pat you on the butt and say, ah, you got to move to the right and a little left here because you're, you're swaying over here in your mind. Your mind's going this way. I don't need to go there. You're going here, and this person's trying to pull you in this way. No, 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 I need you to come back over here. And Satan's even involved. Now, he's got a demonic force coming after you. No, no, you stay stable. i got to take care of this. You have your sword. Start swinging. You'll, you'll take care of this situation. And I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm swinging it with you. Because he brings back the scriptures you need to use to b battle that spiritual warfare that you're in the middle of. And finally, we see he kind of summarizes a little bit here at the uh, verse 23. And against such, there is no law. Paul affirmed that there is no law against such virtues. There doesn't have to be a law to tell you that you shall do or not do these things. These are, these are good things, the fruit of the Spirit. You don't need any law to tell someone to tell you to do them. God's producing them in you. But you don't need a law either to keep you from doing it because no one wants to have you keep you from being loving. And the, if a person has the fruit of the Spirit, he doesn't need the law. He has already fulfilled it. You don't need the law to tell you not to hurt someone because the love that God is bearing in your life automatically you don't want to hurt that person. You don't want to not be kind to that person because God's produced a fruit of kindness in you. No, you don't want to be gentle. You want to be harsh and irrational and, and mean and, and controlling. No, that's not who you are. That's the work of the flesh. That's not who you are. The, God has worked in the fruit of the Spirit in your life, and that is what you want to respond to. That is what you want to work through your life. And that affects others in a positive way. In verses 24 through 26 here, Paul continues, and he says, those who are in Christ, those who are believers, those who are saved, those who are ch children of God, those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. See, God has a place for our flesh. He has a place for all those passion desires that the flesh rears up. He wants us to nail it to his cross. So it may be under the control and under the sentence of death. It's fascinating that Paul used the word crucifixion and not the word killing. You know, kill it, you know, that we kind of say kill that flesh. But no, because it annotates something that you can do and you can't do it. Only God can do it. So he says crucify it. Nail it to the cross. I've dealt with it. I can handle it. Give it to me. I'll take care of it. I have taken care of it on the cross. And so by Paul using the word crucified, certainly speaks to and reminds us of what Jesus did for us on the cross. It reminds us that we are called to take up our cross and follow him. It reminds us the death of the flesh is often painful. To put the fleshly desires and passions and nail it to the cross, 
it can be very painful. And it reminds us that our flesh must be dealt with decisively. <laughs> not passively, not skirting, not just, not partial, not um, little here, little there. But he says, crucify it, nail it to the cross, give it up. And notice here, those, you and I, who are Christ, have crucified the flesh. This speaks of something that the believer does. Being directed, empowered by the Spirit of God in our lives. It's not some sovereign, unilateral work of God. But the old man, the self-inherited uh, you know, man from Adam, the first time, is crucified with Christ as the sovereign work of God when we were born again. Romans 6.6 6 says, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, Jesus, on that cross. We are simply to, to be told to reckon or account that the old man has, has died. And we are now told... To put him to death. We're not told to put him to death. Let me say that again. We're not told to put him to death. But the flesh is another matter. We are called to choose to work with God, the Holy Spirit, to do to the flesh exactly what God did all by himself to the old man. Crucify the flesh. But please note. That the crucifixion of the flesh describes here is something that is not done, not to us, but by us. That there's this faith union with Christ. This unity with Christ and we have been crucified with him. But here we must take action to take these fleshly desires and passions and nail it to the cross, give it to Christ, and let him deal with it. He has dealt with it. And the problem is, is our flesh will never be completely dealt with while we're here on this earth, but it will not be finally dealt with until we are resurrected, when we're in the presence of God in heaven, and then it will be finally, the flesh will be completely out of control, away, and we'll never have to deal with that again. But while we're living on this earth, the Holy Spirit comes and prompts us and says, that... That thought, that action, those desires, that passions, it needs to be nailed to the cross. You take the hammer and you take it, nail it to the cross. Choose this day who you will serve. Choose this day who you will follow. Choose this day, and I'm asking you to go and nail it to the cross. And so that it just hangs there. Yes, alive. Your nature's still there. But it's powerless over us. It's powerless over you. It will no longer empower you. Control you. It's been paid for. It's been dealt with. It has no power in your life. The Holy Spirit is the power in your life. And so in Jesus, and Jesus Christ alone, no program, no 
12-step, 10-step, 2-step, do-si-do-step. No programs. But only in Jesus Christ can you live above the passions and the desires of your flesh. All the resources needed to deal with those passions and desires of the flesh are there in Jesus. Look to him. See your life in him. Follow him. And if you're one of those who are Christ, then you belong to him. Not to this world, not to religion, not to rituals, not to yourself, not to your blood family, not to your passions and desires. You belong to God. And you have to have that settled in your life. Because if you allow anything, even that religion or the, the, the blood family or anyone else to become someone more important than God himself, then the, the passion, desires, and the influence is not in Jesus Christ. It's not by the power of Christ, the, the Holy Spirit of Christ in living inside. It will be someone outside of that. That's why in verse 25 he says, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If you say you're a Christian and Christ lives within you, but then you then do not walk according to that way, you walk like you're in the world and you're in the flesh, it does not go together. They're contrary. You cannot say that. If you're living in the Spirit, you must also walk in the Spirit, Paul says. We can better understand what Paul wrote here if we understand that the ancient Greek words for walk is. They're different here in Galatians 5.16 and versus Galatians 5.25. The, the first one in 5.16 is the word peripatio, and it's a normal walk, a word for walking. You use there as a picture of walk of life. You're just walking side by side, walking your normal walk of life. But the second one here in 5.25 is another name, Sochiko or Chisotio, or I'm not sure how you say it. It doesn't matter. It means to walk orderly, to walk in line with, to be in line with, to keep in step with the Spirit. It's not to get ahead of the Spirit of God. It's not to lag behind the Spirit of God. We want to keep in step with the Spirit of God. We want to walk with Him, close to Him. We want to be able to just be directed by Him because we're just so tight and so close to Him. Paul sitting here and saying, the Spirit has given you life. Now let him direct your steps in your life. If the Spirit is the source of your life, let the Spirit also fuel and empower you in your life. Don't try to do it out of your own energy and your own flesh. Let him empower you and direct you to do that. Just stay in step with him. You get behind him, get ahead of him, you're, you're grieving. You're going to grieve the Spirit of God. You're going to not sense his presence. You're not going to feel like you're being directed. And you're going to give you a little weary in things. And you're going to get weak. And you're going to get, you're going to get all the emotions that come with that. 
But to be able to do this, to be able to live in the Spirit and also to walk in the Spirit, it's going to involve the Word of God. You've got to be in the Word of God. You've got to be in prayer. You've got to be in worship and praise. You've got to be in the fellowship of God's people. But it also means pulling out of the weeds. Examining yourself. If you see a weed, then it's got to be plucked out. I don't know about you, but if you look at your garden, in my garden, and in these flower beds, I mean, these weeds keep springing up every time you go out there. You pluck them, and then it seems to come back really quickly. But you've got to keep plucking them out, because if you t don't pluck them out, then it will, it will just crowd and take over what God is trying to develop in the fruit of in your, in your, in your life. But we've got to allow the seed of the word of God to take root and bear fruit in our lives. The Judaizers that were causing so many challenges in Galatia. Oh, they were, they were very anxious and oh, orchestrating to be able to receive for themselves the self-praise and the self-glory. When it's all about you, you can't wait to get the self-glory and the self-praise. But because of that, it led to competition and division among the people. But fruit can never grow in that kind of atmosphere. An atmosphere of competition, trying to outdo the other person, show someone else that I'm more religious than the other person, or I, God is using me more than someone else, and you're comparing and all these things. It will lead to division. It will lead to destruction. It will lead to the works of the flesh. It will lead to things that will not please God and grieving of the Holy Spirit in you or in the fellowship. But we must remember that this fruit of the Spirit that God has produced in our lives is to be eaten, not to be admired, not to put on display like some plastic fruit in the bowl. How fake can you be? It's just a veneer. It's plastic. It looks real. And, you, and your people come along and they're hungry. They want to reach in and grab it. And they grab it and they go, what is this? This is not right. It's not real. It's, it's fake. Who would do this? I'm starving. I'm hungry. But that's what 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 that's what
that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what that's what